0: Hello, and welcome to more's Afraid of the Dark, but not really the podcast. The podcast where we discuss, are you afraid of the dark? Tonight's episode is a classic tale about not knowing who you really are. That's right. Tonight we're talking about season two, episode four, the tale of the 13th floor. So sit back, grab some popcorn, and get ready to listen to the podcast. But my promise to you now is that I will try to record at least two a month so we can get through the entire first season in the next year and a half, maybe sooner. Alright, tonight's tale is brought to us by Betty Ann. That's right, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4, The Tale of the 13th Floor. Our night starts out like any other night. We are seeing the clearing where Frank, Kiki, and the Gary are busy maintaining the fire while they wait for the others to arrive. They will use what I can only guess is the perspective of one of them as we see the clearing from the outside. So to set the stage for you, we're probably one of the outside people looking into the clearing because we can see Frank, Kiki, and Gary sitting around the fire, but they don't know we can see them. Three people who were later revealed to be Kristen, David, and Betty Ann shine bright lights into the faces of Frank, Kiki, and the Gary. They get kind of philosophical on them and pose a question to the group by saying, You see us every week, but do you know us? Do you know anyone? Even yourselves? Then they put the flashlights up to their faces to reveal that they are Kristen, David, and Betty Ann. Betty Ann goes on to say, If you stare long enough, you might see a stranger here. The Gary isn't up to this nonsense and says, Are we having a story tonight, or are we just playing games? I guess the Gary isn't a fan of guess who. Uh, I am tonight. They shine the lights into their faces once again, and Kiki says, Does that answer your question? Then Betty Ann walks in a pose That is kind of like a Nancy Drew cover, like she's solving a mystery. I would like her to solve a mystery of why I need to learn calculus when I will probably never use it in real life. If I have to do any kind of math, I would outsource that to a reputable source. But I doubt a a fictional Canadian teen adult can solve that one. Betty Ann continues... My story is about strangers among us. You see them every day, but you never take the time to look. I wonder if that was directed at the Gary. But if you did, you might find the scariest strangers are the ones inside ourselves. Wow, she just got deep right there. I have a feeling that she wants to share a personal story tonight. Then Betty Ann submits her story for the Midnight Society. She grabs the bag of Midnight Dust aka non-dairy creamer grabs a handful throws it in the fire and says for the approval of the midnight society i call this i call this story the tale of the 13th floor we are introduced to a brother and a sister named billy and karen that's not karen with an e that's karen with an i billy and karen live on the 12th floor but they use the 13th floor as a makeshift sports complex They are taken up the elevator by Gus. Gus doesn't like the kids playing on the 13th floor, but for whatever reason doesn't refuse to take them up there. The kids play hockey, and Karen complains as she is not good at sports. Billy tells her it's okay, and just to try. She tries and fails at a slap shot, and ends up breaking a window. Oh, and Karen is adopted, this is an important part of the story. You know this series is Canadian when the first shot of the tale is two preteens playing hockey. That just screams Canadian television in my mind, unless it also happened to take part in Degrassi Community School, then it would also be very Canadian. That aside though, we will continue on with the summary. While they are playing, the building suddenly gets hit by what appears to be an earthquake, followed by flashing purple lights. They panic, not at the disco, and hit the elevator button, only to be greeted by Leonoid, a replacement elevator operator. Leonoid is kind of effeminate and talks softly to Billy and Karen, but he still kind of creeps them out, so they decide to take the stairs instead of the elevator. Leonid kind of looks like Lurch from the Addams Family, if he talked like a woman. That night, while sleeping, Karen is awakened by a man on her TV. At first, the guy kind of just watches her sleep before saying, Hello, Karen. How are you? We've come for a little visit. Karen says, Are you talking to me? Since she's the only one in the room and her name is Karen, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, Yeah, he's talking to you. The man says, What do you think? Karen says, I think I'm dreaming. The guy is smiling at her, but in a way that makes me slightly uncomfortable. Then he just disappears from the TV. Karen goes back to sleep. The next day, Karen and Billy want to play hockey again on the 13th floor. But they are stopped by Leonoid, who says, Oh, I'm sorry. The new tenants are fumigating, going down karen asks what new tenants billy says that's our place unless billy's paying rent it's technically not his place later that day they come back from riding bikes and billy checks the mail karen has gotten a letter that is addressed to her without an address or last name billy hypothesizes that it must be a secret admirer karen says i wish she must be very lonely Karen opens the letter, and it is an an invite to come and test toys at the toy factory on the 13th floor. Billy is skeptical about it and says, What's a toy factory doing in an apartment building? Karen keeps reading. They want to test new toys and sports equipment on kids, and I'm invited. Karen says she doesn't want to go and offers the invite to Billy. He says... He says to her something like, they don't want me, they want you. She still kind of refuses to go, but Billy says they should go together. Betty Ann is making this very dark all of a sudden. It is like she's talking about a planned kidnapping. I hope this story doesn't stem from an experience that she's had in her fictional Canadian life. Billy talks to Karen into going to the toy factory the next day. That night, Karen once again sees the man on her TV set. He tells her, Hello, Karen. Karen tries to turn the TV off, but it won't shut off. The man continues, We very much want you to come tomorrow. Karen says, Why? The man says, Because you are a very special person. It wouldn't be the same without you. Say you'll come. Karen says, Okay, yeah, yeah, before falling back asleep. I have to say that this is creepy. It almost sounds like she's being um, groomed by the man on her TV. Seriously, Betty Ann is bringing the creep factor tonight. This, This really is one of the creepiest episodes, but we'll talk about that after I read through the whole summary of the episode. The next day, Billy and Karen go up to the 13th floor to the toy factory. Once there, Olga finds them and tells them they only need Karen. But Billy quickly informs her that if he leaves... Karen leaves as well. Olga reluctantly agrees to let Billy test the toys as well. Oh, and the place is covered in pastels. It looks like the Easter Bunny threw up in space. Anyways, they are introduced to Raymond, who will be pro- proctoring the toy testing. The first test is a game that has to do with tones. Billy does very well and tries to help Karen, but Raymond won't stand for that. Also, Raymond is the man from the TV, and I find it very odd that Karen never clued into the fact that Raymond was the TV guy who was talking to her in her quote-unquote dreams. Yeah, that's really creepy. Billy keeps doing very good at the games until Raymond goes over to a wheel on this device, and the device is actually changing the atmosphere in the room they're in. The new atmosphere makes it so Billy's chest starts hurting and he fails to um, complete the test. So Raymond makes him sit there and continue doing the tones until he gets it right. Raymond then leaves him there to practice and moves Karen onto the next game. She is strapped into a device that looks kind of like a roller coaster seat. He tells her to try and move the ball with her mind, which she can do raymond then opens the hatch above to the mothership where gray faceless aliens are trying to grab karen wow betty ann an intergalactic kidnapping raymond tells karen they are going on a little trip as he rotates the wheel making billy even more ill karen tells him no and uses her newfound powers to run away and try and find help for billy She tries to escape Raymond by making the ceiling tiles fall to the ground and hit him. Karen then runs and hides in a vent and overhears Olga tell Raymond that they are running out of time and then she walks over to Billy and thinks he is a waste since he is an Earth kid. She also mentions that he will die on their planet. Hearing this, Karen tries to get help from anyone in the building and wants to take the elevator, but I honestly feel that the stairs would have been faster. Also, Raymond is a robot. Once she goes back to the 13th floor, Karen uses the voice command feature to get Raymond to hold Olga so she can get Billy out of there. She is stopped by Leonoid, who tells her that she would love their planet and it would unlock her to more emotions and she would be able to fly. He makes it sound mystical, but she tells him no, she must save Billy. Leonoid, knowing they are running out of time, doesn't stop Karen. Karen and Billy, escape and sees the spaceship take off from the 13th floor billy and karen escape back to their apartment and while sitting on karen's bed olga now comes onto the tv and tells karen this was her rescue as they accidentally left her behind 10 years ago as olga's explaining the um, situation to karen her face starts to fade into the gray faceless alien face And she tells Karen it'll be at least 10 more years before they have collected enough atmosphere to come back and get her. Billy turns to Karen and asks her if this is real. But when he looks at her, she is now a gray faceless alien. Billy screams and runs out of the room. Betty Ann ends her story by saying, You may think you know someone, but think again and look a little closer. Then they all kind of stare at each other. And the Gary says, I declare this meeting at the Midnight Society close. Whoever you are, he puts out the fire. They get up, presumably, and leave. And now we have come to the portion of the podcast called Mora's Thoughts. This episode has many different themes, but the overall thing is an existential crisis or an identity crisis. It deals with a girl who feels she does not belong due to her lack of ability at sports and blames the fact she is adopted on her many faults. She just wants to fit in, but she never fully feels comfortable in her skin and is yearning to learn about her biological parents. In this case, her biological parents being Olga and Raymond the robot. Or perhaps her father was actually leonoid, but a lot of the evidence or a lot of the suggestion in this episode is that her parents are Olga and Raymond, but it's not actually confirmed. Now, keeping in mind this is a fictional Canadian TV show, when I get to this next portion of it, Because I can only theorize what the background is of the Midnight Society members, since we don't know any of their biography information. So my conclusion when I watched this and then wrote the pod, not the podcast, I'm doing that right now. But when I wrote the blog, this is what my thoughts were. Um, And this is where it gets really philosophical, I think. So I put, I can't help but wonder if maybe Betty Ann is adopted, and this is her telling her friends that sometimes she feels she does not belong or that she is not sure who she is. Perhaps Betty Ann was alluding to the fact that teenage years are often a difficult time in our lives, from the changes going on mentally and physically to figuring out what we want to do with our lives. And then um, I kind of like threw in some stuff about my life in there, but I don't really want to talk about that on the podcast. But feel free to read it in the blog. And then if we go with the whole theme of 13 being an unlucky number, and a lot of times buildings will skip the 13th floor for superstitious reasons, we could just come to the conclusion that this episode has a lot to do with superstitions about the number 13 and how unlucky it is. And Billy and Karen are presumably 13 years old. And this happens on the 13th floor. So it could also just revolve around the fact that 13 is a superstitious number. Um, The next thing I put in my thoughts was I could also really be reading too much into this episode as well. So I'm just going to leave it out there that my idea was this episode was pretty much about becoming a teenager and the awkwardness behind it and different feelings people have but mostly about the superstition of the 13th floor and at the very surface level of this episode is the fact that aliens were quote-unquote trying to kidnap a child to bring back to their planet but this child just happened to be one of them who for whatever reason after 10 years didn't have the gray alien face but still looked like a human And it was actually a rescue mission. So if you think about it in the perspective of a rescue mission, this episode didn't have any villains. Um, In fact, you could almost say that Billy was a villain because he wouldn't let his sister go to her home planet. But Billy, at the same time, thought he was protecting Karen because he didn't know she was an alien. And Karen didn't know she was an alien. And they didn't know that Olga, Raymond, and Leonoid were actually very friendly and were just trying to take Karen back to her home planet so she would have her memories again. So here are four more thoughts I had when viewing this episode. Keep in mind, I watched this episode probably three years ago. Actually, probably closer to four years ago since writing this blog. My first thought was, I really like this episode as it has a strong message of knowledge of who you are because until you know yourself, you cannot truly be yourself. My second thought was that there was not a villain. And I have already covered this previous to this second thing. But I wanted to come back into it because the aliens were not a villain. They were merely just rescuing their daughter. And their daughter didn't know that because she didn't know she was an alien. And if you look at it from the aliens perspective, Billy is the villain for not letting them complete their mission. And if you look from Billy and Karen's perspective, the aliens were the villains because they were trying to kidnap Karen. My third thought is I liked that Betty Ann told a story about an an existential crisis and how she is dealing with her own identity and how you never really know anyone until you look a little closer. I also liked the fact that all we know about the Midnight Society is that they meet weekly, supposedly at midnight, in the middle of the woods to tell each other scary stories. But apart from that, do they actually know each other? Because in the first episode, Gary even says they go to different schools, they have different friends, but the one thing that brings them together is the dark and telling scary stories. So how well do they know each other? Um, As season one progressed, it really looked like they were friends. But we don't know that because all we know is they tell scary stories. We have nothing in their background. And then my fourth and final thought for this episode was that this episode makes you think about the deeper meaning of life. And I'm interested to know what people's take on it is. And I should have written a paper about this episode for my psychology class instead of the Simpsons. But live and learn. And now, to lighten it up a little bit, I thought I'd throw out some fun facts for this episode. Fun fact number one, Aaron Ashmore, who played Billy, will return in season seven for the Tale of the Lunar Locust which also co-stars Tara Lepimsky. Aaron Ashmore is the twin brother of Sean Ashmore, who played one of the X-Men. And our second and final fun fact is that Gus, who is played by Johnny Keyworth, was also in another Betty Ann um, tale. That's right. Um, Johnny Keyworth played the mailman in the tale of the Nightly Neighbors. So those are your two fun facts for this podcast episode. I want to thank you for joining me on this philosophical look at Betty Ann's tale of an existential and identity crisis, The Tale of the Thirteenth Floor. This has been podcast number four, season two of More is Afraid of the Dark, but not really. Join me in our next podcast for a David story, The Tale of the Hatching. So until next time, listeners, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society I call this podcast, The Tale of Morris Afraid of the Dark, but not really. Season 2, Episode 4, Done.